usually say oh welcome to another episode of never chris and tell the podcast i know it's been a while since you've heard me say that but here we are so i know this episode is going to get me cussed out again (laughs) if you follow me on social media you may have seen that i have been told off by a longtime good friend of mine. I'm sorry, Greg. Damn. Um, for taking too long to drop the next episode, even after I promised y'all last time that I had more episodes coming. And I did. And I do. I have them recorded and ready to go, but I've just been going through some things and I've been censoring myself to protect other people. And I'm still going to do a little bit of that to an extent, but only like the people I care about. Everybody else like, fuck that shit. I need to get this off my chest. I need to tell my story. I think it's time. So what you're about to hear was previously recorded. Y'all like my little disclaimer. So where do I begin? It is almost September of 2022. And five years ago, my life changed in a way I never thought would happen. And I've never told this story. There has been lots of speculation my village has heard the parts that I've wanted to share certain members of my village have gotten some pieces and chunks while other members have gotten other pieces and chunks nobody knows the full story except the people involved myself And my ex, a.k.a. my husband, because we are now divorced and have been since December of 2020. Here's a little bit of my story. Okay, y'all, so in September of 2017 I was working at a school uh, that had a daycare all the way up until 12th grade so as many of you know I was in secondary education so I was teaching middle school English at the time and I was the diversity equity and inclusion coordinator and um I was at work my I was pregnant with my middle daughter my oldest fell off the swing at her daycare which was on the same campus as my job and broke her arm 
didn't know it was broken at first, but uh, they, they being her teachers, who would have also been my co-workers, came to get me and let me know that she had fallen and it was starting to swell. She wasn't crying or upset or anything like that. She was just quiet, which is how they knew she was hurting. I leave work midday, right around lunchtime, and um, I get her lunch and bring it with us and let her eat in the car on the way to the hospital. At this point, again, remember, I don't know it's broken. I call her dad, my then husband, and he meets us at Children's Hospital in New Orleans. We get there, and remember, <laughs> I told y'all, I let her eat her lunch in the car. So once they realized that she actually had broken her arm in three places, and it needed to be set, and she needed to get a cast put on it, they had to put her under anesthesia. So she <laughs> shouldn't have eaten, um, but she did. So they made us leave and wait and come back later that night or that evening. So that's what we did. Um, we come back. It's late. It's storming. My baby's tired. Again, remember, I'm pregnant. Um, just a lot of factors played into the heightened emotions that day. I'm terrified for my baby. There's just a lot going on. And... My ex, he had sleep apnea really badly. So he's sitting in the hospital, y'all, sleep, knocked out, like snoring. <laughs> and so I tell him, you know, go sit in the car. Go get you some rest because he worked like insane hours. So it's like, go get you some rest. I'll sit in here with her. I'll call you when we're done. He takes all of my, our stuff, right? Like the diaper bag and the, um, not diaper bag because she was, I think she was two at the time um but you know bag with everything that she needed and my purse and a few other things he takes them all to the car with him so by the time we're done with her um I call him it's storming outside and all my listeners who are from New Orleans y'all know what it's like uptown and in that area especially around children's when it rains it was flooding. It was bad. It was dark because it had gotten late and he was not answering the phone. And I was calling and calling and calling and calling. And he finally answers because I need him to drive the car to me. I don't have anything. I don't have my purse. Um, he's in his car because remember we met each other there, but he took my purse and my car keys are in it. So I'm like, I need you to bring me my car keys, bring us to my car because y'all know parking around there sucks. I'm holding my baby who's half asleep, just coming off anesthesia with a broken arm. It's a mess. So, of course, I had an attitude <laughs> by the time he woke up um, from sleeping in the car and answered me and then came to get us. I had an attitude and this was not your typical like, oh, your wife's being a little testy and you kind of get an attitude back. It was like a huge blow up. He flipped his lid and I had never seen him that angry before. So 
walking, we're in separate cars, driving home. Home was in Slidell at the time. For my listeners who are not from that area, it's just a, a suburb of New Orleans, the greater New Orleans area. We get all the way home and we're on the phone with each other the whole time, just hashing out this blow up we just had in front of Children's Hospital. We get home, we get our baby to bed and we're kind of coming down from the fight and all that and we're standing face to face and he just says, I just don't want to be married anymore. Y'all, when I tell you, came out of nowhere for me because I am never one to say anything was perfect but never in my wildest dreams did I think that what my life was about to become would have ever been a part of my story so I'm flabbergasted huh you don't want to be married anymore because we got into an argument We've argued before, and again, I know that this one was a blow-up, but we're trying to figure out why it has gotten that deep. So me and the history I have or that I have witnessed with the dynamic and the relationships between women and men around me when I was growing up, I asked questions. I wanted to know where this was coming from so the first thing i said was is there somebody else like what's going on so he tells me um no there's nobody else um like and i didn't believe him so i'm i'm still kind of pushing the issue like did you sleep with somebody like what's going on it's like yeah it was just a one night stand but you know it made me realize that I don't want to do this, all of that. I can respect that. But of course, (laughs) I was just talking to a really good friend of mine. And she said something that resonated. She said, why do we hurt our own feelings? We just want to hurt our own feelings sometimes. So, of course, I kept asking questions. I said, where'd you meet her? Like, I I wanted to know, right? Like, who, what do you mean you had a one night stand? Because... We'd been together forever. Those of y'all who know me, you know I'm not exaggerating. We've been together since middle school. And at this point, we were 27. And so we've been together half, over half our lives. And I said, well, who is she? Because I'll be honest, I kind of always saw it coming. I was never naive enough to think that he would never need to experience what else was out here. When we were getting ready to get married, I even said in premarital counseling, when the pastor asked us what our biggest fears were about marriage, I said, I think that he's going to get curious and want to see what else is out there. And he assured me and I believe him. I still to this day, I believe that he believed what he was saying at the time. He said, no, babe, you can't miss what you never had. I am happy with you and what I've got. I'm not worried about anything else out there. And I think he truly believed that at the time until he didn't. (laughs) Um, So fast forward back to this night. He told me that it was somebody he worked with. I'm like, well, what was her name? Like, you know, 
So he gave me a name and I'm like, all right, well, what do we want to do? Now, that's, that was my first mistake because that conversation started with what he wanted to do, which was not be married. <laughs> but I asked the question, right? And he, he agreed to work through it, talk through it, be together, all this stuff. Y'all, when I tell y'all, this was one of those, like, we're up all night talking. Like, it was morning by this point. So I thought we were good. I knew that it was going to be hard. I knew that trust had been broken. I knew that my heart had been broken. But I still wanted to figure this out. So a week or two later, Sunday came and I went to church. And all that morning, my one of my colleagues had been trying to send me uh, a link from Facebook for an idea she had of something that she wanted to do at work. And um, we worked very closely together. So she needed me to open it. I always did my lesson planning on Sundays. And every time I tried to open that link, even while at church and stuff, my phone would turn off. It was just shut down. So it's time to update. Now, remember, this was 2017. I know we've come a long way since then with our technology. But this was when you still had to plug your iPhone into your computer to reset it. And so I had said, you know, when I get home, I'll <laughs> update my phone, back it up to the computer, all that, and fix it. But while at church, I was praying and going through the, the motions of, leaning on my faith and trying to let God guide me through what I was experiencing. I did altar call. I broke down crying. I said, God, whatever is going on and whatever you need to reveal to me, I ask that you do it. I get home, I get my baby out of her clothes. My ex had just gotten off from work early that morning, so he had stayed home from church. And so um, I plugged my phone in <laughs> to restart it so I could get started on lesson planning and all that good stuff. And I back my phone up to the computer. And then, you know, once it updates, you have to restore it. So I go to restore my iPhone, but instead of restoring it from the backup of my phone that I had just put onto the device, I restored it from a previous backup, which was last time my ex-husband had used my computer to update his phone and I hadn't paid attention to the date. And so it basically completely reset my phone to his information. We also shared in iTunes and all of that good stuff. So it was very easy to do and I wasn't even trying. <laughs> <laughs> and so when my phone reset and came back on, I began to get all of his messages. Phone just kept dinging. Ding, ding, ding. I'm reading. And I open it up and I can see an entire text conversation. And this conversation begins on my end with an outgoing message. When do you want your makeup night? Now let's back up because the part of the story I left out was that 
the week before, I just from the stress of everything that was going on. And again, remember, I was pregnant. My baby has a broken arm. There's a lot happening. I had to go to um, get a breathing treatment at the hospital um, because I was panicking. And I called him thinking he was working overtime at work, which he did do often. I called at his job because they couldn't have their cell phones on them. And his job told me he is not at work. That night, I didn't think anything of it because remember, I had no reason to doubt him, y'all. So I called him and when I finally got him, he said he went to go work overtime that night, but they didn't need him because they were overstaffed. So he went home. Now, remember, we live in the in the outskirts of on the outskirts of New Orleans. So it was a long drive because the job was on the West Bank and it was late, like middle of the night late supposedly when he got sent home so he said that he went to his mom's house which was also on the west bank god rest her soul love and miss that woman and that's why he didn't come home and when i was trying to call him he was just asleep i thought nothing of it because when i talked to him he came right home stayed home with the baby and i went and did what i needed to do so let's go back to the messages when do you want your makeup night well, that was because that night he had been with her. And when he had to leave to come right to me, she was upset about it. So they're having a whole conversation about making up their time together. I asked him to get our daughter a snack and to come in to the bedroom very calmly. I said, give her a snack and come in. So he comes in the room. I said, shut the door. He shuts the door. I said, what's this? I just gave him my phone for him to read. And he flips out. Now, everybody who knows us knows that he's known as sort of a gentle giant. He does not get angry or in the past. He did not get angry. He did not yell. He never talked badly to me until this day. And I became all kind of bitches and hoes and... I went looking on purpose and fuck that. I ain't telling you nothing. So this was the first time he had ever been verbally abusive. I then called her. All right, fine. You won't tell me anything. I'll see if she will. So I call her and I'm like, are you fucking my husband? I wasn't yelling y'all. I wasn't cussing. I wasn't calling her out her name. I said, are you fucking my husband? She said, who's this? Now, listen, how many people husbands you fucking on, sis? Because why you don't know who I am? <laughs> but whatever. So I gave her my name. And she goes, well, you're going to have to ask him. That's for him to tell you. I said, well, I did. He refuses to let me know what's going on. Well, you got to ask him. I said, well, I figured if you're woman enough to open your legs to a married man, then you're woman enough to tell me about it. She hung up in my face. This whole time, he's trying to wrestle the phone from me. That was the first time he was physical. Everything after that was a downward spiral. I was attacked by her in my home, in my garage, when she showed up at my house to come to me as a woman, quote unquote. I was forced to fight her and her cousin 
there were so many events where I tolerated disrespect, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, and physical abuse at the hands of my ex, sometimes in front of his parents. All of that while suffering in silence and not sharing every detail with anyone. And I've come to the place now where I have moved past it. It's been five whole years. But every year around this time, as September is approaching, I get super emotional. And it's not about him. And it's not about being stuck on what happened. I haven't quite figured out what it's about. I am in therapy. My therapist says I need to grieve that I've never grieved the relationship. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. That's another topic for another episode. I do want to talk about grief of relationships, both romantic and platonic. Um, But she says I've never grieved the relationship or let me be specific. She says I've never grieved the life that I had built for myself that ultimately died. That's that's just just be honest. (laughs) That's what happened. And so she says, I've never grieved that. I do agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, And so around this time every year, it's just a rough, rough time for me. Um, It's also the month that I lost a childhood friend when I was very young. So Y'all know that song, Wake Me Up When September Ends? Y'all gotta excuse, that's my little, my little uh, white girl, emo, rock side that comes out. I loved that song when I was younger. But that's how I feel about September. (laughs) It's just, (laughs) it does not hold good memories for me. So, I think I needed to talk about that on this episode just to kind of express where I am and get it out. So yeah, I am planning to share more stories in other small snippets of episodes like this that are related to what happened and the demise of my marriage and my life. I'm going to share more because I think it is important to my healing. I harbor so much resentment and I hold on to so much guilt because I don't have the life that I worked so hard to get that I once had and was able to provide for my babies. So I feel guilty about that. And... And what I mean by that is that that nuclear family. I don't mean just just material things or anything like that. I also hold on to (laughs) um, some anger and frustration. And I don't know, there's just a lot to, to work through. So this will be one of the ways I'll do that. 
And I hope that you will hang in there for the ride and give me feedback and share your stories. I love when we relate to each other through that. So as always, you can message me on Instagram at never Christian tell the podcast. You can email me at never Christian tell the podcast at gmail.com. You can message me on my personal Facebook at Chris LaShawn or my personal Instagram at Chris LaShawn 22. And I look forward to going on this healing journey with you. Thanks for listening.